0: Okay. This is episode seven of Game of Life.
1: Episode seven, Game of
0: Life. I think we're going to get to a certain point where we do so many of these, we're going to lose count. Track of what the episode number
1: is, or we, we could just start stop, stop saying
0: it. it was like we oh, could, let's we just could. say Game of
1: Life with Dan, Dan and another Han. episode. Yeah, yeah. Do you want we,
0: int- st- we still haven't sorted out the intro? But who the fuck? Kes. This yeah. is the seventh episode.
1: Yeah, and we're with the boys and we're, we're going to have fun in this podcast. Dan, take it away from me, please. We've got a very special guest in the
0: pod cave today. Pod cave? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I've heard that on other podcasts. That seems okay. like a popular... Pod uh, cave? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I used to work with this guy mm. in a horrible occupation. Wow. An occupation that he's still in. Yes. Which I want to hear all about. Uh-huh. It's Seth. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you,
2: Dan. Thank you,
0: Harman. Whoa, 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 whoa. Speak closer into the microphone. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. that's way better. It's, that is sorry. way better. It's very directional. It's like yeah. a penis. Actually, I now see. Yes. <laughs> so we, I like that we, analogy. Thank you. We, we've had uh, two pros on two weeks in a row. They're all over it. They're like, turn up my volume. Yes. Speak close to the mic. Well, what's that fallback I'm getting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks, thanks for agreeing to be here today. Thank you for having me. So how would you describe yourself to someone who has never met you before?
1: Oh, how? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Describe myself in a
2: nutshell or yeah. an essay? Just, just
1: <clears throat> look. Since this is a podcast, I'd rather take an essay because it's a long format. So take your time and express yourself, Seth.
2: Okay, I. My name is Seth. Um, I work in hospitality, in hotels, particularly, for mm. since I was. A twen- 20. Mm -hmm. Before that, I was working at Hungry Jack's. Wow. So, yeah, I mean. Fun. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I say that because the majority of my life has been taken up by my work because Mm -hmm. of the nature of the job. Um, Apart from hospitality and managing restaurants and bars and hotels, Mm -hmm. I would say that I am an openly gay Christian man. Wow. Yes. Wow. And that opens up another can of worms for anyone <laughs> <Yeah>. and everyone.
1: Who <laughs> would be listening to this? Oh, just in general conversation. In general? Okay. It's like,
0: mm-hmm. if you... Those
1: do totally
2: don't really go together. No. Gay,
0: Christian. And
2: I've been, yeah. like, put up on the crucifix for it. Like, gays hate mm-hmm. it. And then Christians hate it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like,
1: oh. it,
0: there's
2: no... Yeah.
1: So you're balancing that chaos and order and you're just, like, in between that.
2: Yes. Um... So with a lot of my perspective and upbringing, I've been a, up, I've been brought up in a Christian household mm-hmm. my whole life, so obviously I've learnt and the whole thing of um, nature and nurture mm-hmm. in that psychological um, context is that I've learnt a lot of Christianese. I've learnt a lot of what the church stands for and talks about in a. Uh, Pentecostal
1: denomination growing up in that household it's sort of baked into you you can't help it
2: yes right exactly and yeah. this is what i try to tell people is that i you know i can't help it because i was born into a family mm-hmm. and i totally understand the Born This Way movement Mm -hmm. because I've read the science and I agree to that, so uh, yes, I was born this way Mm -hmm. and I was born into a Christian religious family. Mm. Um, Today I have a great relationship with my family, great relationship with my dad. My mum's passed away, unfortunately. Uh, My two sisters and brother, Um, good relationships. Mm. Probably closest to my two sisters.
1: Mm. Yeah, right, Uh, so four siblings. How was, how was growing up with siblings? Interesting. Very interesting. Interesting Good.
2: dynamic. I was a middle child, I ah, suppose. Ah,
1: the middle child.
2: So, and if you take an objective, I guess, outlook on um, my family dynamic, well, my, what that?
1: Close, your family, F- family unit. Units, yes. Dynamics is the right word. No, oh, d- no, yeah, just The ones that the you're
2: right. like growing up with, immediate not. family. Immediate, thank you. Family. Immediate,
3: family. Okay. So
2: okay. if you just took an objective look at that, mm. um, you'd see that mm, a lot of my siblings are introverted mm. or not on the social um, outgoing spectrum. Like mm-hmm. they like to keep to themselves. They're not secretive. They they hold a normal conversation and stuff. Mm. but i'm very much loud proud i need to be heard Mm -hmm. i need attention Mm. and i think that comes from the middle child syndrome Mm. so i have a younger sister but above me i have an older brother and older sisters too so that's where that comes from Yeah.
1: Mm. okay so seth where did you like let's go back and take it from this from the beginning where did you grow up what part of australia did you grow up Melbourne, Melbourne. Oh yes. wow! Oh, so you are
0: you you did uh, you were
2: born in, raised in Melbourne. Melbourne. Born in, raised. My birth certificate says Q um, Women's Hospital. Yeah, that right. was a thing okay. back then. There uh, you
0: go. They had a hospital in Kew. For um, some reason, I thought you were just a country boy. That's I don't know. Well, I have country blood. Right. So yeah, so mm. my old man
2: um, or his siblings grew up in. Naradua, which is north west Victoria half an hour west of Horsham in the Wimmera in the Wimmera district hmm. of Victoria so okay. we have a farm family farm that's been there for about six generations we have a family history book on it hmm. we've immigrated to Adelaide first as part of um, a Scottish family so Rachel and and Macdonald were my ancestors that immigrated Mm -hmm. from Scotland, Inverness, to Adelaide Australia, yes, and they survived the journey because back then um, if you're travelling by boat to Australia, it's uh, if you look at the history of it, it's crazy how many people um, didn't get onto dry land Mm. Um, Mm. so they settled in Adelaide first and then made a bid for some land out in Victoria. Right. And that was before Commonwealth, I think. So, yeah. Wow.
3: Well, yeah.
2: Okay. I know. Going way back. <laughs> it's it so
0: Going back before you were born. I know. Like, and the I
3: fact think, that I, I know that. don't think Carmen
0: meant that that far back. No, no it's, <laughs> it's, it's strange.
1: <laughs> so we had Sandy on the... Uh, on one of the episodes, and I asked Sandy. I said, "Sandy, how old were you when you were born?" <laughs> <It was> such <laughs> yeah, a funny yes. question. <laughs> so, um, that's I'm, a good question, though. It is a very good question. If he, if he like knew the answer, yeah. Be, yeah. How old were you when you were born, Dan? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Um, so, how do you how do you got to know the ancestry of you? Did you do like an ancestry test, or was it like the information is passed on uh, through through your um, father or grandfather or or back?
2: Uh, the second one, like the uh, information, family history and information is passed on through the McDonald's side. Mm hmm. Uh, sorry, my dad's side, I should say. Mm mm-hmm. um, That's, they're very proud, if that's mm-hmm. the right word. Like, mm-hmm. they're very, I mean, we aren't religiously proud of our family history, but we have some concept of it and, What Mm it means for us. Um, There is a great playwright called Inheritance that I studied in high school. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting read into um, having land in the family for several generations and um, what how that identifies the upcoming, you are like the new breed of family members and Mm. how it divides Mm -hmm. a family and how your identity is sown into the land and stuff like this. Mm. Um, It's this that I can, like after analysing, reading this book in VCE that, you know, you could really... And and part of the context of this uh, playwright is um, Aboriginal rights and Mm. their land Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, and it's like... And one of the characters is indigenous, and it was just like eye opening, and that's when like the whole ah, uh, mm. it's
1: just like. <laughs> so that's a chapter in. You said when did you read that? VC.
0: What's VC? Ah. Ex- yeah, you 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 can explain because I, I didn't, yeah I I didn't graduate in um yeah. In, in in Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. I graduated in New South Wales. So did you have HSC? I did have HSC. Yeah, okay. So it's the exact same as HSC. Yeah.
1: H- high school certificate, oh, which that stands for. BC okay.
0: is Victorian Certificate of
2: Education. Yeah.
1: Oh, so like high school and
2: last two years.
1: Last two years. Oh yeah. okay, okay. So secondary So ed- year eleven and twelve. Year, year yeah. eleven and twelve. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you read so that's a chapter in the in the books that's been that that's taught to
2: Um, yes. So that's good. Yeah. That's it's good there's a whole variety of yeah. books that if you learn and you paid attention like I did I was a massive nerd I was the only, only guy mm-hmm. in our lip, English lit class
1: yeah wow which okay. were
2: full of females mm-hmm. but I mean it was oh maybe one of two guys sorry but it was very eye-opening and just I was a big nerd into in terms of like history history literature mm-hmm. favorite subject was Home. Ec. So cooking, mm. went down that whole chef mm. cooking career path and realized it wasn't for me and switched to bar and front of house mm. management.
1: Uh, did you ever try to get into that? So you said that yes. you lo- yeah, okay. So
2: I did an apprenticeship. No, it was before I did an apprenticeship. I was doing, um, my careers teacher at high school had mm. got me into a program called VET, mm. uh, which is called, which stands for um, vocational education and training. Mm. So you do a certificate two in a trade of your choice while completing your VCE. Mm. It's an interesting um, thing, but not a lot of schools have it. Is you got to have the right structure in place. So I started doing cooking in a commercial it kick- kitchens. Mm. Um, and I was also studying at the hospitality school in City William Anglis. So I was doing my certificate two in commercial cooking, mm. um, and then like an apprenticeship was on the table on the cards uh, for me because the head chef, exec chef, thought I was really hard, good worker, young blood. Um, they needed someone to work, and uh, but I kind of didn't know that at the time and I quit or I didn't, I said I wasn't after that. I didn't want that work basically. Mm. But back then I didn't know what I wanted because I was 18, 19 Mm -hmm. and I was like, um, but I knew from having, being exposed to that. So I think I came out as gay when I was 17.
4: Mm.
2: And being exposed to the back kitchen environment in the hospitality industry, mm. it was very masculine, very. I wouldn't say homophobic. There were there were very straight boys' club kind of thing, but there weren't homophobic. It was you yes. felt out of place, mm. as I did, and I was like battling that. Uh, that spiritual journey in my head, whether I, uh, whether I'm gay or Christian, kind of thing and so mm. that didn't really play out. And, and these affected my life decisions and choices, I realize now, but I didn't really come to a conclusion about that until I was maybe 22.
1: Mm. So while you were young and sort of struggling to make a decision career-wise, you're also a bit struggling with the, with the sense of your identity mm. and just getting to know like, okay, what do I want? So you had two major dilemmas in itself as a very young kid yes wow yes
2: it's crazy when you look like as an adult you Mm. look back on it and you're like what the heck
1: did those decisions that you made that time well of course they shaped you into who you are today but would you have if i if i give you the opportunity to go back reverse time what different decision would you make now as an adult because you've lived through those experiences with the choices you made at that one specific moment. But if I give you the option to go back and be like, okay, Seth, you can change your decision. What would, what decision would you make? Would you change anything or would you not change anything? I would choose to
2: probably come out sooner or mm. have that choice of not being ashamed and full on because I wasted a lot of time over it, over it mm-hmm. and I probably hurt some people along the way. I see. Um, so in high school, I was testing the boundaries whether I like girls or boys. Mm. So I went out with um, a couple of girls. One of them was in junior high school. So I wasn't really thinking about that then, but mm. later on in senior school, which mm. I found it sound American. Um, <laughs> I actually dated a girl and said I broke up with her after maybe 8, 12 months because I'm like, nah, can't do it because I'm gay. Hmm. And then she said she kind of knew anyway. Wow. Yeah.
1: I can't believe how someone else can tell that. Like, Seth, you're the first gay person I'm ever talking to. And it's just I never happened to bump into one. And I did sort of had a very short conversation with someone who was gay, a friend of a friend. And he said, I'm very masculine for him. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't get that, what he went. <laughs> <laughs>
0: very masculine?
2: And he's like, he's very
1: masculine for him. It's like, what does he mean by that? And he didn't say it to my face. He said it to her and she told me. So I was like, hmm, I don't know what that means. I re- it's yeah, it's very, it's very vague. It's very vague. Was he trying to hit on you? No, I, no, I don't think so, no. No, I think he was just trying to protect his friend. And uh, maybe that's why he said it. But anyways, um, so you would have, you said you would have come out sooner. So what age were you sort of testing? So you said high school, right?
2: Yes. So, oh, my God. Um, So high school, I was very much... uh, so, you see the dilemma. I was very religious. I was going to church every week. Mm. I was in the leadership of the church.
1: Wow. Yes. So, you were in that very strong community of people who were sort of like, you no. Know, yeah. And you were just in that, in that yes.
2: fork road. And that's what was so um, counterintuitive into me coming out. Mm. And, whoa, this is a big topic. What you got to understand. <laughs> is the no it's oh my god i watched a netflix doco Mm. the other day about it and i broke down in tears
1: wow it's
2: Mm. called pray away pray away yeah Mm. um and there was a lot of truth in it's done in an american context
1: Mm.
2: but for australian australia is so much smaller than america right and we don't get that much media attention Mm. and hype and stuff as america does Mm. But the documentary felt very much at home with what was going on in the Christian church and community at the time. And the documentary is about uh, ex-gay conversion therapy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how it was born in the 70s and how it died out and fizzled out into in like 2009, to, oh, maybe later than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... When I was at high school, when I was, there was still that stigma of homosexuality and coming out. Today, when I'm managing my staff at work and they're like, it's a new generation, it's 10 years Mm. or so apart Mm. and the new generation has no knowledge of this stigma. For them, they've got lots Mm. of friends that are LGBTIQ+. Mm. Like and it's, they don't turn an eye towards it, and for me that's a shocking new culture because when I was growing up it was like there was still that stigma, mm. um, but also when I was at uni and I was came out as gay and all my high school friends, I think were like that's not a surprise. Mm. So I wasn't I, re, I came out when I was seventeen to my closest friends. I didn't come out to everyone. I probably came out to everyone at uni. Mm. Um, and that's when, um, that was all exposed, but yeah, no, it was very interesting. Um,
1: how does, how did your peers, your family respond to that? Was it a positive, a semi-positive or a completely negative way or how, how was that journey? Because there's going to be one or two people listening to this. You might know, you know, that could, uh, that could listen to you and be like, okay. Don't, yeah. It's,
2: <laughs> okay. it's no, 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 it's like you, well, my head gets racing. But you're right, you're right. It's yeah. like, um, and I'm very open to talking about this I'm um, talking about it because um, what was the question? See, so you, you okay. got my head racing. It's like <laughs> okay. my, how my family reacted or my friends. Essentially, yeah. that's what I asked, yes. Um, and your peers or your friends? So my friends, very positive mm. because I came out slowly to my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um and my closest friends kind of knew before I did mm-hmm. and so they weren't surprised. My older sister wasn't surprised, she was very positive. my younger sister wasn't surprised, she was very positive. Mm-hmm. My older brother did not talk to me for maybe about a month mm-hmm. um, but I knew he like I predicted his reaction. Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, Mm. My dad broke down in tears. Mm. Out of not, it wasn't negative. It wasn't positive. It was more relief that I had the balls to do that in front of him. Mm. Um, He was very, yeah, maybe proud of that. I could talk to him about Mm. that, Mm. and I was in that, that had that relationship. Now he always knew. He said. It's like because when I was growing up, you could I was a bit more flamboyant and stuff like just the little things I didn't pick up on mm. that he picked up on. Mm. Mm. Um, but the funny thing is, it's like he's like, Oh, "That's uh, I'll never have grand grandkids
3: from you." <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that was
2: you? that was his like. He's really he's got two sets of grandkids at the moment. Mm. One from my older sister. One from my. Um, older brother, mm. but for me and my younger sister, he's lost <laughs> in getting any extra grandkids. Uh, he's funny. He's very much a family a man. Family man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's my. Um, and then, on that same note, my peers, my Christian peers. Mm. Some weren't so receptive, and some were um and that was the hardest for me, I think the church hmm. um but it was as i as I predicted, like you have mates force and friends you have a close circle for a period of time in your life um but life goes on and period and time changes mm-hmm. and those circles of influence or your closest circles kind of change, change. over that time. Mm-hmm. And I have to bring myself to understand that, you know, some friendships don't last forever, even though you mm. think you I don't know you were the closest things and this little stigma or this one thing draws people away like it's just um, and interesting because what I told my dad and the way I kind of went around it is like I'm still the same guy mm. I'm still Seth I have the same quirks the same personality the same kind of hard work ethic just I have a different sexual orientation than you Mm. Um, because I prefer penis hmm. rather than pussy. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, you know, like okay. I take. It. Yeah.
1: Sorry, <laughs> it's getting too serious. So. No, that's good, man. Look, I love asking these hard questions because, as you said, it makes your mind race, and then you open up. And I think there's there's value to it for yourself and for others. Yeah. No, so absolutely. So, what about the time after it? So, I'm guessing because when you make decisions, you sort of go in a wave. And when did the when did the good times start happening? When you like, I'm I'm guessing you're with you're with someone uh, at this moment.
2: Yes, um, my part. I've been with my partner Stephen for about four and a half years, going on five in June. Mm. Um. We, we, uh, it's just like that journey in itself has been up and down Mm. as all relationships are. Mm. Um, And, I mean, they they were fun times. Um, We lived through COVID together. Mm. That was very interesting. Um, I met him um, at a bar in... Fitzroy Collingwood. Mm. Um, So we met organically, I guess you could say.
1: That's very interesting. You said organically. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: very good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A lot of of people I know meet over Tinder or... Online. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, Which I love the fact that we were a remnant of our generation that could meet in person. Mm. I don't know. That's still something. But, yeah, he... Helped me come out to my family. So I think we started dating before mm-hmm. um, I came out.
0: Yeah. Turned on while
1: Sandy was here too. I was yeah. like, what is that sound?
0: <laughs>
1: it. I think it takes... Uh, Takes the temperature guy. and, yeah, it does sound like a dishwasher <laughs> <and> a machine gun <laughs> so. Sorry about that. But.
0: No, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was counting on Dan, but Dan's too deep in your story. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm it's just getting gonna. very serious. It's, it was getting serious. Okay. Yes. So you met uh, your partner organically.
2: Oh, yes. Um, but yeah. the good time started before that, I think.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: So, like, I was living out of home in Mill Park, working at... Uh the Park Hyatt in Melbourne. Um, did that for seven years, met some great people. I'm still friends with them today. Mm-hmm. That formed the basis of I guess my adult friendship group and circle. Mm-hmm. Having worked there for so long, meeting all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um it's very interesting. I've got lots of I don't know contacts and stuff. Stuff the hotel industry is very small as well in Australia and globally. Um, but I just remember having these kind of deep conversations with people still then, like people who I was working with and they went to the same church as me, or they were Christian going to another church and they kind of grappled with like asking me questions about my. Sexuality or my orientation. Um, and that was when I kind of understood my spiritual identity or role in a sense. Like people are always going to have questions about it. Mm-hmm. People um, in a positive and negative context but it's how I react or choose to respond to those questions. Um, and like I would always leave any conversation in a positive light. Mm. I don't get angry very quickly. I'm very patient, you know. And a lot of the time they wouldn't respond in a negative way but the way they communicated it was just like very abrupt kind of thing, very blunt, I guess. So Mm. it kind of came across as like, well, you might be on the attack but no, not really. They're just generally curious. Curious,
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: Um, and the only reason for that, as well, is because we worked in a fast-paced environment that you didn't have time to mm. sit down and talk like this, mm. right? Um, so, and I remember these the friendship circles and groups. Like you'd work all hours of the morning to um, do weddings and conferences, um, and you'd go out for supper. In hmm. the in the city at three AM, and the only thing that's available is Chinese Bub sorry, or um, Korean fried chicken, mm. um, and those just
1: bees or kebabs. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah it was, it was that, those were the good times where those um, memories and friendships, I mean, formed formed yeah, and yeah. remain to this day. Like um, I'm trying to sort out a uh, catch up with a few of them. Um, in the coming weeks just to say hi. because mm-hmm. like we have that. It's like a bond of unity that you stood together through the most difficult working conditions and times. That's what Dan alluded to <laughs> in like the worst industry uh, or, host-
0: or I, I Yeah, yeah. I, I worked in a hotel for six months and I don't know how <laughs> I managed to do it. And I w- <laughs> probably had one of the more easiest jobs because I worked overnight. I didn't have to interact with as many you know, customers, or I guess they're called what? Guests. 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 Yeah, guests. Yeah. Cust-
2: guests I remember yeah, you referred hotel. to them as customers. I know, because I came from a retail
0: <laughs> background. So I was so used to calling people customers. customers. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it was horrible. We evacuated the building together. That was fun. <laughs> I love Oh, that. I say that we evacuate. I say I use the term so I, I use <laughs> the term evacuated very loosely because I probably had 2 minutes to get down to the fire panel before the Fire I want to again, know the story. Showed
1: let's, let's up. Let's touch on the story, guys. Well,
0: and, and, and we got in trouble for it at the
2: end. Oh yeah, We yeah, ended up it, Getting
0: like, in trouble for the way we handled what? it. So, what and, but we didn't receive the training
1: to do it. <laughs> no. So, like,
4: what do you? So, what more do you want from us?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Dan, okay, you, you so, so, tell the story, Dan. Yeah, so, as, as I said, I was as I was working as an overnight manager at a hotel mm. that I guess should remain nameless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So I usually sort of started around 11 o'clock at night, rocked up, was only there for about 10 minutes Mm. before getting a phone call from the fire panel people saying, hey, your alarm in the hotel is going off. I'm like, is it? I can't hear anything. (laughs) Then as soon as I get up, sure enough, it starts going off before I even get to the elevator. So I should also mention the reception was... um, (laughs) On another level. So, in order to do anything or look at the fire panel, you had to go down an elevator, which took up to two minutes. To get to...
1: Can he use <laughs> elevators at a fire alarm? I know,
0: right? No, it's just, <laughs> yeah. No, <it's laughs> it's, well, yeah. And, and oh, Seth was there at, at the time. He was, you know, he, I would see him as he was finishing up. Oh, yeah. And so Seth was there at the time as well as uh, someone else I used to work with uh, during the nights. And... It was horrible. By the time I got down to the fire panel and looked at all the blinking lights, I could not figure out where the alarm was coming from. The the fire brigade show up and then an automated voice came on saying, evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. And before you know it, the guests are just flowing out of the hotel with no sort of uh, freak- coordination or anything. And freaking out.
2: And, and freaking out and, and crying. Like, yeah, or, oh. and
1: so you guys had no training. No training. No, tra- no one trained us, no. Wow. Well. Yeah.
0: So many <laughs> like codes just got broken that night. Yeah. But- I'm like, oh, am where's the evacuation point? I I think it's at the in the car park across the street. Turns out, no, that's not the... Evacuation point at all, but you know what was funny
2: about that? I felt very experienced in handling that, and I messaged mm. my—I wouldn't say mentor, but I messaged my colleague who I used to work with, who handled that and provided training on that mm-hmm. at at the Hyatt. Mm. Um, and I messaged him soon after, and I said to him, "Thank you." <laughs> because <laughs> this just happened <laughs> and we weren't trained to do it and I felt like having so when we did emergency evacuations way back then they'd do it properly they'd do like an, a kind of practice mm-hmm. run they ground the lifts you know they have this they, there's a whole process drill. that mm-hmm. like you, a drill. Drill, like yeah. you have to follow yeah. And it's so funny. It's like in a fire evacuation, the lifts aren't meant to be working. working. No. <laughs> You're not supposed to <laughs> use them. Basically. Exactly. And that's jeez. why I guess we're freaking out in the middle of the stairwell and crying. <laughs> it's like, oh, it was great. And the fact that we got told off after. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> icing on top of the cake.
1: Oh, wow, jeez.
2: I love how you chose to. Bring that up. Uh, no. Oh, just like. We won't name it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah,
1: it's so funny. It's not worth in the, naming. In first episode, Seth, I just said, um, I just asked Dan. I said, "How long uh, you've been working here?" And he said, "We shouldn't name where we're working." And this guy's posting our episodes on his LinkedIn. Yo, oh, yeah,
0: just, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tr- sure. It's, 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 no, no. no well, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting <laughs> in other, other ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I see. But <laughs> And I didn't bring it up. I said, okay, we'll just keep it. I'm, i still stimp it out though. <laughs>
0: oh, that's fine. I'm the one who has to bring guests into here. So And you're doing a good job. I
2: know, yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah, he is, he is. doing a great job, man.
1: Okay. Where were we? well
0: uh, oh, actually oh, I'm I'm curious, like how, how active are you in um the church now? Yes. Yeah verse back then when you were coming out whoa that's a big <laughs> one
2: like I was so active mm. like I was uh oh, oh so now so mm. this and now I try to get to church once a week I don't always um I'm so I grew up Pentecostal mhm so that's a whole different context in terms of Christian bu- Sorry. Christian faith and belief and stuff. The Pentecostal church is run like a, uh, a kind of business. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's very much different. So different denominations run very differently in terms of governance um, and the reason why I said I was so, inv- like, just the, the way I'm thinking of it and the way it's coming out, though I was so involved that I was going to get promoted. You know, you don't right. use promotion in terms of yeah, church. In terms of That's church, why I'm yeah, like, so weird. they run it like a business. It's mm. So from the top down, there's like a board of directors and then you have an eldership team and the person in charge of the eldership is also on the chair of the board. So it's weird mm. governance in the first place. And then you have these different departments of the church. And this is not every church. This is a mega church I went to mm-hmm. in Melbourne that will remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Hillsong. Uh, <laughs> all right. So okay. Okay. Um, there are different departments and these departments are kind of branded and, uh, and like you said, you have the term, um, you, you have the ministry that, will go and reach out to people to teach them the Bible, like call like evangelizing, which means teaching the Bible and Christ crucified to people who don't know it kind of thing and bringing mm-hmm. them into church. You have another ministry that will reach out to the poor and disadvantaged, another ministry that will go into the universities and schools. And so these ministries, when given specific names like, Um, Sort
1: of like departments, basically.
2: Yes. Mm. And then they'll advertise and brand it as such. Um, So I was part of the small group leadership, which they branded and termed urban life. Mm. Um, And so I was involved, heavily involved in university ministry and that. So, um, and doing connecting through. Uh, university peers in that way and at the same time i was very much out and active in the gay community
3: mm-hmm.
2: um but push came to shove i guess when i'm just like there's obviously a conflict of a system of beliefs um mm-hmm. i need to so I sat down with my leadership team and they were dissolving the group I was in and they told me to take a break and then we'll revisit the thing in three or six months to see what else we're gonna do, which is really nice. Then I took that three to six months to really analyze what it is I'm doing. Um, and then that's why I'm like, I'm not coming back to run or lead a group of Christians that's more like a young adult group. Instead, this is where I stand and I'm not sure if I can be in the leadership of the church. And mm-hmm. uh, I sat down with two church leaders, to say that. One of them, um, positive response. And when I say positive, the best kind of out not outcome, but neutral kind of standing and discussion. One of them was very not involved and couldn't care less, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that started the trajectory of where I would put myself today in how I'm handling uh, Christian relationships, spirituality and the church. Mm. Um yeah, uh, like today I am still trying to find a church to belong to. I am investigating part of the Uniting Church. The Uniting Church is very progressive, very liberal in their theologies and stuff. Um, but there's also like the Anglican Church is becoming more progressive and stuff. There's independent churches out there. The Pentecostal church is still very um, conservative and and uh, just non progressive in their approach to
0: anything new age or LGBTIQ. Is mm-hmm. This yeah. is very much an active pursuit, um, or or do you get sort of overwhelmed with? with life and, and work. Is it, uh, is it something you're still sort of pursuing from week to week or is it something very much? Um... V- I'm very much pursuing it week to week because okay. I need that. You do need that
2: outlet. That yes. Like, I, uh-huh. I've i come to, like I've gone without it for 12 months. So for t- 12 months I haven't been to church. Um, it's been a good time to breathe, I guess. Mm. Part of that is like so during COVID. So, COVID was a great, like, I was out of work for a long time, but I was still doing church online, right? Yeah, um, and being involved, uh, involved in that kind of context. Um, and this is a church, this is now we've moved on from the mega church. This is a small community church out in Preston, mm-hmm. um their senior leader knew everything about me. He was the positive response person in my discussion way back when. Um, and he's really like good. I know, like yeah. I, he is someone I look up to still today, even though I don't really go to his church anymore.
1: I want to ask you a very interesting question. <clears throat> let's take church out and let's take... Everything um, Fuck, it's hot in here. Yeah, it is hot, right? Yeah, yeah. turn it on Uh, the last. Yeah, that one That will be an edit point. Oh, we can leave the scene. That's it. Yeah, okay. That's it. Just leave fucking sound? Just leave it. Oh, you can't then don't don't worry about it. Yeah. It's okay. It it'll is what be, it is. It'll just
0: it'll just be a I um, a think it'll just be a nice uh, background background uh, what's sound.
1: It, what's it called? Or, what's the word? White noise. White noise. Yeah. yeah white we'll, noise. I mean, we, we can take our shirts off. you are that hot. <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> okay. Is that too annoying? Is it?
0: Oh,
1: no, no. Can you turn it down? No. Wait, hold on. Um, I think when he's sitting like that, it's you can't hear it. Can you, Seth? No. You
0: can't
3: hear it. Anymore. Was
2: it
0: facing the other way before?
1: Yeah, it was. Do
3: you want to face it
1: that, yeah. way? that way? No, I actually, fa- it was facing that way. Okay. But just because you're sitting there, it picks up from your mic. Yeah,
0: maybe I'm the only one. Can you, can, can you hear it in yours? You're
1: the problem then.
0: Yeah, fair enough. It was worse no, before. It was, it was like
1: yeah. a dishwasher.
0: Okay, Yeah. all right.
1: And I'll just turn your mic down a tiny bit and I'll increase yeah, yeah. the volume yeah, while yeah. I'm editing yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where okay. were we? I had a very interesting question to say. It better be interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> I said I it's interesting let's take out church and let's take out your daily life and everyday let's just get rid of everything what's what's your what's your relationship to God like wow. as an as, 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 <laughs> as an individual yeah that was funny <laughs> yeah, it knocked my mic <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
2: that was a very serious question I love it
1: it's good like, what's your relationship like with God? I mean, as, a, as an individual, because I grew up in a Sikh family, in a religious family, and uh, I understand so, not what you're going through, but some sort of psychology of religion and spirituality. I, I understand that concept. So I want to ask, like, what's your, what's your relationship like with God as an individual, as Seth, when you're by yourself?
2: That is a very good, interesting question. Thank you. Um may I say though that a lot of people won't understand that um, it's so interesting that people don't understand a personal relationship with God still mm. which
1: is which is the most important yeah. thing apart from everything exactly. else that's they've built up that's, um,
2: that's my opinion and what helps me grow up and come out and stuff is that notion of it's your journey with god it's your personal relationship with god and Mm. how you how everything else from your view of life and your output and stuff flows from that personal relationship with the god that you believe in and mind you you asked me the question how my relationship, how I view my relationship with God and I don't want to say that I, um, like everyone's view is different Um, and I have grown up with I've grown up in a Christian society that has helped shape that view. And when I say Christian society, I mean, I'm talking about the morals and values that our um, system, like the laws and stuff that we grew up with and the culture in Australia. So very much my outset of my relationship with God has already been, um understood from that context of having grown up in that society mm. um, and if I had grown up or was born anywhere else in the world it'd be totally different mm. right um, so in answer to your question I think I uh, I have a very deep and personal spirituality with the christian god um i say christian because we say view god um in islam allah or Hmm? um jewish culture various names of god um and i say christian god just for the sake of my own individuality Mm -hmm. um I very much have a strong sense, even like right now, I guess in my heart of hearts, wherever I go, wherever I walk, it's um, a strong feeling, a of spirituality of, of just uh, fulfilled, not fulfillment but um, deep and perpetual uh, understanding of where one stands in the context and structure of space and time. Mm.
0: Fuck. (laughs) I know,
2: sorry. (laughs) I don't know how to
0: like.
2: I was, I lost you. Whoa, that just blew my mind. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, sorry. I was like, it's just. You're trying to articulate those. I, I see what you mean. It's
2: like, that's a really big question. And to it break is. it down into simple terms, I'm comfortable with who I am mm. at this point in time. I'm comfortable with my past because I realize I can't change my past. And I look forward to my future because I don't know what is going to happen. Mm. Um, there's a term in the Bible, it's like, don't plan today or tomorrow or next week because you never know what God's gonna do. Instead mm. say, if it's God's will, we will meet tomorrow or today. <laughs> or you know, like, so I'm very much in, like my whole like understanding and behavior of living life is really um Perpetuated by biblical teaching. Mm. And
1: I say biblical, not church, for a reason. Wow. That's, yeah. that's deep. What you just said there, it's very deep. Do you. Sorry. I appreciate that. Like, it's, what you just said, that, like, yeah, it's. I, I can get really deep real quickly. I think we've had some late night. No chats. pun intended, I guess. <laughs> not, yeah,
3: uh, yeah, this is, um, <laughs>
0: this is what what I had when I worked at the hotel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not to this this level, but um, you know, you know, you scratch the surface there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Guys, we're we're an hour in. How about we take a quick break and we'll talk about what what future holds for you? So, from memory or lost conversation was your relationship with God which you explained I was very deep set. That was very deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we needed yeah. a break. we needed a <laughs> I, <was laughs> <late last night>. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta clear my head
2: yeah that was a good <laughs> head clearing space <laughs> my my closest friends are like they they do that too I'm like get too deep for them, and like Seth, wow, just no, like that's why you know alcohol helps a bit.
1: Mm, it's a social lubricant. The ah, oh, mm. I like that. Where'd you get that from, yes. Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Jo- 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 I did. I did public, get it from I jo- jo Rogan. Do you mind if I steal it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, it's not mine though. Social I'm lubricant. I'm pretty sure I've heard love that, that many times. It is a social lubricant, yeah. and it's such a Like he said, as like yes, it is. It's a social lubricant, but alcohol's never been my thing, honestly, so I was like... It wasn't uh, a thing until you got to Australia, right? Yeah, well, I started drinking when I was 23, 23, yeah, okay. and I was in Tasmania, I wasn't drinking, and I was like, man, you know what, I'm in the region that makes one of the best wines in Australia, I don't know about the world, but I was like, I gotta try some, so I started with wine, not with beer or anything, so I'm still a wine fan. I don't know what my thing is, but I'm not a big drinker on anything. Thank you. Why? I love wine. You love wine? Yeah. Yeah. I no, love wine too. Wine is it's the something best. very. It's something about wine that is like, hmm. it's sort of. It's very mellow. It soothes me a glass or two. I don't. I can't. If you ask me when was the last time I drank wine, I, I'd say it's been more than six, seven months. It was a couple of hours for me. <laughs> 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 okay. No. What's fascinating about
2: wine is that you can get the same type of grape from the same vintage mm-hmm. from the same region mm. and it'll taste entirely different wow based on the science though because you learn this all through wine school and stuff like it's very scientific on why they taste different It's to do with the mm. minerals in the earth and the and the weather that it's exposed to and stuff like
1: that would you say you're a wine snob if you, if it, is it safe to say you're a wine snob um I would put hipster wine snob in front of that. Mm, hipster so wine
0: I'm snob.
2: not a wine snob that I've I, my one of my colleagues is French mm. and I'm hipstering him up a bit mm. Mm. because I say, you know, you don't need corked for wine, because over there in Europe everything's corked. Corked, yeah. In Australia it's screw top. Mm. Um, and he can't get this in his mind because he's really, he's fresh, right? Mm. Um, and I'm introducing him to new ways of drinking wine and how Australian wine culture is different from European wine culture mm-hmm. and mm. stuff like I'm chilling a Pinot Noir yeah. in the fridge. Like mm. he's just like, he thinks I'm from the devil. <laughs> like <laughs> that I'm chilling a Pinot Noir. He's like, you can't do that. I'm like, you can and I will. And this is what it tastes like. And he's like, wow, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's uh, I will drink wine from a water glass as well.
1: I'm not. You're not too fancy. No. Yeah. You just just want to have the taste of it. Né? I'm
0: not as well versed in what's, wine. I'm more
1: since yeah. since yeah. you're since we're at that topic, I might as well just get some uh, knowledge from you. But what what's with wine glasses and what's with wine? So how how uh, would because uh, man, look, I'm an idiot. As I said, I'd literally drink out of a mug if I have to.
2: Yes. Wine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Drink out of a mug. Okay.
0: Does uh, it make a difference in
2: yeah. taste? Okay. S- <laughs> Not taste, but mm. for aroma okay. and wine glass. So different types of wine glasses for different types of wine. Mm. Um, I could go through them all, but I won't. I'll just use an example of a standard wine glass versus a Pinot Noir Chardonnay wine glass, which is that wider, bigger. Wine that everyone kind of knows those two. Um, mm. So, in the industry, we'll, the consensus is you get out the fancy, big, nice Pinot Noir glassware for mm. the people who buy the expensive Pinot Noirs and Chardonnays because it just looks nice. Mm. And a bit fancier it's a touch on the extra money they spend on the bottle mm-hmm.
3: uh,
2: but does it taste it doesn't make it taste different no hmm. it, it does make it uh, smell different because you have a bigger volume to swirl the wine around so when you do that it aerates it a bit but the has little to do with taste has everything to do with the smell and the aroma yeah
1: wow interesting I think I knew that already, but it's just like, is that true?
2: So some people would, some experts would debate me and say the aeration makes it taste different. No, mm. not a big difference. Okay, you know, so,
1: <laughs> so what about fun, Seth? What do you do for fun? Like, do you like to travel? Fun. What is
0: fun? Yeah. What's fun? <laughs> what is fun when you're a workhorse? Yeah. How, h- how do you find fun when you I, when I you do, work a lot? I do podcasts for fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, sir. I, yes, sir. I, I, I,
4: well,
2: for fun, I, I like okay. I like travelling. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; you have to save a lot of money for that. One hundred percent. I um, drink. Mm-hmm. I like drinking because it's cheap, mm-hmm. um, but social lubricant as well. Um, I go to the gym, I guess. Yes. I'm very health focused. So, <clears throat> apart from work, sleep, and maintaining a relationship, I will, and spirituality,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I will go to the gym three to four times a week. I have a personal trainer, mm-hmm. an online personal trainer who um, helps with that. Uh, but it's very hard to do, once again, in the industry that I'm in, because you work anywhere between 60 to 70 hours a week.
1: Wow! Well, how does hmm. how does fitness help you in your daily life? Does that is that your um, way of you know relieving stress, or how do, how does it help you in day to day life? Why because, is fitness fun? Yeah. Why is fitness fun for you? Thanks, Dan. Um, it releases a chemical called
2: endorphins from mm-hmm. in your brain, which is a happy feeling, um, and it's associated with exercise and keeping a well-maintained mental health, not just physical health.
3: Mm.
2: Apart from that, it is an outlet for stress, anger, and extra Mm. energy that I have. Um, Yeah. Uh, But because there's... So alcohol is a depressant. There's no endorphins in that, right? Mm. So you've got to balance and keep a healthy life. I'm not... I don't drink so much that I fall into a depression, or that I'm an alcoholic. But it's just maintaining that um, social and healthy life. Like uh, I, I try to go running every Sunday morning.
3: Mm.
2: I have a friendship group that do that on the Tan Track, mm-hmm. um, and that's really fun. You focused. You've got a goal to achieve. Having those small goals and tasks in life help maintain a discipline um, and help keep you on track I guess in your day to day life so that you have something to follow and not a chaotic schedule Mm. and by chaotic schedule I mean the lack of discipline um, from uh, maintaining a habit so my weekly habit is getting to work at Twelve or one o'clock, working until close at eleven or twelve, going to the gym after that, Mm. getting to bed at three a.m. and
1: then waking up at eleven a.m. It's a is that big part of your life? Like, if what happens if you don't go to gym? Does that affect you? Mentally, emotionally, and uh, physically, I guess.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, I've only been to the gym twice this week, mm. so minimum is thrice. Um, I'm, but that's purely because of different scheduling. So I've had to, uh, I've had doctor's appointments and and had to get up for car servicing. So just those things that the doctor's appointments not every week, mm-hmm. you know. So that's every couple months. Mm. So that means they will just have to forego a. Um, gym uh, session or yeah i mean so it's not like i am devastated i feel the effects so i feel more tired and lackluster but um i mean i have a very you only live once kind of attitude Mm -hmm. yes Hmm. so my world doesn't end if i can't get to the gym Hmm.
1: You know, since you're into fitness, you must be into nutrition that I'm just assuming it because I think they go hand in hand. Yes. So what do you like? Do you focus on diet or do you like do you diligently prepare your diet? Are you disciplined with your diet?
2: No. Okay. <laughs> My <laughs> I hope my personal trainer isn't listening.
1: It Like, I'm a cold. I, I love. Nutrition.
2: What did you say? <laughs> what did <you> say? <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs>
2: um, I love. I love keeping on track. Mm, my fitness pal. No. Um, <laughs> I look. I'm. There are different goals that you can do in fitness and health. My mm-hmm. goal at the moment is bulking. Bulking. Bulking, which means you're gaining muscle mass. Yeah. So you have a kind of freelance kind of eating schedule or like you can eat whatever you want because you're trying to bulk gain weight, yeah. Gain weight. Mm-hmm. If I was um cutting, shredding, you know, it's different. You're not mm-hmm. eating as many carbs. Um, you're as only you eating would. protein and mm-hmm. nutrition like healthy stuff. Which I did for a while. I was doing that for uh a few months mm-hmm. from October or September, mm. and I hated it. You didn't, you didn't like the cutting part? It was, it was much more
1: tricky. It's difficult, it's very difficult. Yeah, because there's so much flavor in carbs. And, <laughs> and there's something about cutting weight that your body or your mind would crave the exact same things to push you back to the same state because your body fire alarm goes off like. Well, you want to get back to where you were, mm. so you crave those things. You crave those uh, carbs.
2: And I generally work in food and beverage. Um, I love food and I mm. love wine and I love pairing the two. Wow! So, like, that's how I got myself into the
1: industry I'm in, I guess. Mm. So, all your life you've lived in Melbourne. Do have you traveled? And well, not traveled. Have you lived anywhere else?
2: I haven't lived anywhere else besides Melbourne. Mm -hmm. That's not to say I'm open to the idea. Like I'm at the point in life where I'm getting sick of Melbourne. Mm. But also I know everything Melbourne has
1: to offer as well. Yes. And that's exactly why I asked that if you've lived in Melbourne for your life, you must know a lot about Melbourne. So what... Are your favorite eat out spots like you said you're into food and uh, I love food too but but spicy one of course and <laughs> <laughs> and what's what I what would be your recommended top five eat out spots that you think like okay that's top tier food
2: oh my goodness mm. um, put you on spot top tier Anything with a hat. What does it mean, anything with a hat? So in Australia, mm. we don't have Michelin star restaurants. Have you heard of a Michelin star? Yeah. So Australia don't have this. Mm. They have hats. Everyone yes. in the world has a Michelin star. The Michelin star was designed by Michelin tires mm-hmm. as a way of telling travelers mm-hmm. um, where it was good to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, what was safe to eat, and they'd have a three or five star system. No, I think it was three. One, three. two, three. Yeah. Hey, do you know your Michelin? Do you know your?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Of
2: course. <laughs> so <laughs> Australia, for some reason, doesn't don't doesn't have any Michelin star restaurants, mm-hmm. but we have a one, two, three hat, which is rated from the Good Food Guide, I think.
1: What's is that does it is a terminology H A T hat or yeah. it's just it's just called what, what it, do you know what it is? So it is you're given a point system similar
2: so you get these um secret shoppers or these people who rate your restaurant or pl- or cafe or something mm-hmm. um and You got on a point scale, whatever points you're awarded will determine the hat outcome for your venue. Mm. Um, And usually they're associated with the chefs, not the venue. So you can get one score for the venue, Mm. but if you get to a two hat or three hat, the chef will take the credit, not the venue. venue. Mm. So that's why when people, new venues, hotels and stuff are hiring if you have that you've achieved two hats on your resume Mm -hmm. you're much more employable Mm. and it's the chef that gets the credit um, because he creates the menu he creates the um, cleanliness and hygiene and that's I mean um, I have a I'm going for a job interview. Mm. That is a new hotel opening in Melbourne. Mm. They have a two-headed chef. That's what they referred to. As two-headed chef
0: heading up their restaurant and wine bar. I never knew
3: any yeah.
1: of this. I had <laughs> absolutely no idea about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought for sure I would have known about that working from in a hotel, but you only worked for six months
2: there. Yeah, no. And you weren't in beverage and beverage. Yeah. In the front
0: office. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah. Okay. Australia doesn't have Michelin star hotels. Like, doesn't Sydney even? I'm, again, again, I had mm. no idea. But like, really? Yeah. Wow, geez. Okay. I know, right? Mm. It's so crazy. It's crazy. Like, I think Sydney has to offer one of the best places to eat, or, or Melbourne. I no, think. Melbourne does. Melbourne does. You reckon? Melbourne is a food capital of the world. Where's these? Why? It why, was the would, coffee capital. why would? And I'm just, I'm just reading this off of a, like an article. Again, no clue about food. Uh, I'm a very, very. Um, I don't like to experiment. I stick with my basic stuff, but when it comes to food, there's so much out there. That I haven't tried enough to be even to just comment on anything. So you're the expert here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, yeah, is a want-to-be Melbourne with food and dining. Wow. Really? really?
0: Yes. Okay.
2: I mean, mm. that's the coffee and dining and food culture of Melbourne there is so when you travel to Sydney like when I was there mm. it was hard to eat anywhere past 10 p.m That's mm. true right I see what you mean um, they have lockout laws and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. they are very far and few restaurant good restaurants Mm -hmm. in between like you have to travel if you want to go from one good venue to another you have to maybe travel across the city or a fair way whereas in Melbourne we've got so many laneways and um, we're in larger in terms of food everyone here likes to spend money on food and drinks so we get multiple good venues that are very easily accessible And it's very easy to get something past 10 to 11pm. Even though it's not going to be a one hat restaurant, it's very easily accessible in terms of I can go to eat um, Korean, Greek or Chinese or Italian at 12am in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't need to rely on McDonald's
0: or KFC or pizza. Mm. I guess you don't really sort of think about it or take it for granted when you live in Melbourne mm. and you don't work in hospitality so you wouldn't be as aware of it as you would be if you're just sort of a regular regular old, pers- regular old person who who doesn't have the experience you do in, in hospitality. Uh, look, look, yeah, and I, I've worked... So with- when I go to Sydney or wherever, I don't really sort of think about oh, what food <laughs> can I and can't have.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, but that's another interesting scope in terms of tourism. Why do you travel? Mm. So we, I mean, I studied hospitality and tourism management. It was a business degree. Um, we studied the behaviours and patterns and psychology why people travel, and they travel for different reasons. Um, and when we call, we end up with this notion of the experienced traveller, so. What experience is the individual after yeah. that will go towards what what so you have people that travel for business mm-hmm. they're obviously doing business in those parts of the world and stuff but when you're traveling for leisure are you wanderlust sunlust um, which just refers to what experiences do you travel to cold places or sunny places do you travel for dark tourism um, or do you travel dare I say it, sex tourism which is an actual thing mm. Um, mm. and you know it's when I say sex tourism we get a bad taboo kind of notion and there is the dark side of it but there's also a legal side to it um, and there's other avenues I like when I refer to dark tourism we refer to people who go to the killing fields Nazi Camps and stuff mm. who want to go there for the dark exposure to yeah. these sites, to, to see what the history. history. It's mm. crazy. Mm. Sure. Um, so. I purely travel for food and adventure and sun.
1: Mm.
2: I hate going to cold places.
1: So, someone who's fresh in Australia or well, let's say Melbourne, what, again, coming back to the same question, what do you, where would one go to have that amazing experience of food? Attica, Attica. Mm. What? Explain to me, up. Of course, I've never been there. What is it? Is it like a what cuisine?
0: Sell is them it? in a way they'll sponsor this. Podcast.
1: <laughs> Atlas. <laughs> That's that was good.
0: <laughs> Attica Atlas. Um,
1: I think I've heard of it, but again. Okay, so
2: Atlas is. Okay, let's start with Attica. Attica is just a pretty sure it's that offer. A degustation so when you look at if you're looking at nice food Mm -hmm. and you want the experience of food Mm -hmm. when we refer to um a good experience and food and stuff you gotta try and understand what your motivation is if you want the fancy the best of the best kind of you're you're going to somewhere where the chef is an artist. Mm. He doesn't just plate up a food of pasta on a bowl. So you're gonna get this seven course degustation menu paired with wines. It's an experience. You don't choose Mm. what you're gonna get the chef chooses for you. Mm. And that's, that's that's when the chef and the venue is so celebrated and so recognized that you as a customer you can't go in and say I'm gluten free, celiac, or vegan. I mean, you can do that, and the chef could do it for you mm-hmm. if you give them enough notice. But if you just walk in, so Attica, for instance, you have you have to book seven months in advance for that venue. Yeah, right. seven
0: Months. Oh, it could be less. Yeah, could
2: be less. But it was at one point in time you couldn't just get there the next weekend because it had limited seating. Um. Atlas is a bit more. Um, they've got more of an a la carte menu, I think, um, and these are all in South Yarra, Paran area, mm. um, and that bases cuisine off um, global, global um, kind of proportion. So they they it's called Atlas for a reason. They is like the global atlas, and they produce cuisines from all over the world mm. and give them an, like an Aussie Australian influence. Mm. Um, having said that, I've never been and dined at these places because I don't have the time to. Okay. <laughs> Managing and running hotels and operations and venues, mm. you kind of get to know the industry, you get mm-hmm. to know the people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and you mingle, network, et cetera, et cetera, but you don't really have time to go and experience these yourselves because mm. you have to manage your own thing, staff sure. venue on a Friday night or Saturday
3: night.
2: Mm. Um, you're catering to the affluent of Melbourne and the world who mm. have lots of money to spend on stuff like that because mm. these places cost an arm and a leg.
1: Hundred mm, percent. So about hospitality and hotel industry, do you enjoy working there? Is that rewarding to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I put you on spot again.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, look, we don't want you to get fired because if someone <laughs> listens, says like, "Yep." I love my workplace. You love your workplace. <laughs> I love my boss. Yes, Just he's the best boss. boss. Just quite best, I love, quote, yeah. quote
0: Sandy. I'm contractually not... By <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: legal, by <body>. contract. Uh, <laughs> I can't um, say that.
0: <laughs> that was the best
2: A contractual obligation. I can't... I
1: was like, man, that's so Sandy.
2: <laughs> uh, I... I l- okay. I love... The the, the industry is rewarding. Mm -hmm. The industry is very rewarding. You get to meet a lot of interesting people. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't have met Dan if I wasn't in it. Mm -hmm. Um, You meet people from all walks of life as well. And and it's like you kind of there are negatives and positives like every workplace Mm -hmm. but what I like about it is that I'm not sitting at a desk a lot yes Mm -hmm. Um, but the further you go up in management the more you find yourself tied to the desk Mm -hmm. which is like like I want to do that I want to climb the ladder I want to but also at the same time it's like but I don't like the desk.
4: Mm.
0: You want to have a more active role yes. in what you're doing. Yeah, I love the active. I love operations. I love the floor. Um,
2: my, it's very interesting, and it's but you've got to be committed. Like it's not easy. Mm. Like let's, just, let's say like. That's why I, I'm an Arab, like it's, you've, it's, I've grown up with it for a long time. I know nothing outside of it. Mm. And my, my, my friends refer to me as, um, as a legend in the field because I've stuck at it for so long. most people will go on and do other things. A lot of people go and do banking mm. after hospitality. <laughs> Wow. And I'm just like, how can you do that? Banking, just mm. sitting
1: at a teller desk. It's, it's polar opposite because you're always, in, well, I mean, because you're always on hands and you're always moving around and banking would you just be just sitting there yeah. at a the desk. Yeah,
2: but um, yeah, it's hard work. Like it's for three to four hours of one day you're in a uh, what my boss referred to as a broiler cooker. Like it is just constant service Mm. for three to four hours that 6 p.m. to 9 or 10 p.m. You're pushing out drinks, food, taking orders, cleaning, um, resetting tables and stuff for the next people to sit in Um, and anything and everything that could go wrong will go wrong. You have to fix that. And you have to fix that in a timely manner, because you've got a thousand staff asking you every single question under the sun that they should know what the answer is, but they have a particular situation or a customer that has this particular problem. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, you've got meals that need to come out from the kitchen and someone who's having experience with the FFOS machine, you know. Yeah. And a and a, at the same time. Uh, someone is ordering a wine bottle that is not the same vintage as the what's said on the menu, mm-hmm. or you know all these problems kinda cluster fuck mm-hmm. in one service or one night, and it's just a very emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. um to manage um a restaurant People and you need and to keep situations. calm and you need to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I need to keep calm and cool and collected mm-hmm. under these circumstances situation, and this is the reason why I've ended up drinking a lot and I love drinking because it's like a solution after service after hours after like such a relief when you
0: get a chance to yeah
2: and you just think like the at the end of the night like yeah.
0: last night I'm just like I need a bottle of red yeah. or like I just
2: <laughs> it was like last night was a bad night but
0: you're also we having to like maintain it. a composure as well in front of all these younger people that are yeah, my staff are
2: like, I call them my kids um, and one of them was exposed to some managerial issues and I felt so bad for her. And I'm like, sh- I protect them as much as possible. Mm. And it's interesting when you protect the your staff from issues in management, like I try to protect them and I think I do a good job because they kind of have no clue what's going on on, hmm. and I'm like, wow. I, I think that I am very. I can be very emotional, and I can be very like. Um. Oh, it's just you know, if you could read me, you'd say you'd see like, um, Seth is upset about something, but usually I do got good, good job at hiding that. Hmm. Apparently, all my staff just aren't good at reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, and then last night one of them was exposed to something and um, she made this really sarcastic comment and I laughed. (laughs) Um, But that was the first time, I guess, like that they realized the um, lack of communication.
1: Do you plan to grow into that industry or do you think that future holds something else for you? I'm open. I am at the point in my
2: career where I can go further and I've got the numbers and the backing to prove that. Mm-hmm. I do a good job at what I do. Um, and I've got multiple references that will say that. Will I consider a different trajectory in terms of career? Absolutely. Mm. Because I'm still young and I, um I don't I don't know like I don't have like I referred back to you only live once mm-hmm. and so I don't hold that I must do this in a certain amount of time frame or else I'm doomed kind of thing I've liked to say that I've hit my goal so far in life in terms of my career but if something came
1: at me from sideways, like opportunity, you just mm. have to grab it by the balls. Mm. True. But do you desire to change that industry? And if you do, what industry do you think you would jump onto next? Um, Is it always going to be hospitality? Or, I mean, I'm not saying, I don't think you'll ever go to banking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um Hospitality can be, mean many different things. What do you think of when I say hospitality?
1: Well, you're working at a hotel. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you're the manager. So there's like shit tons of stuff working under you and you have a venue at a place. Um, there's a function, something that's going on and- the-
0: Yeah, I guess what I think hospitality, restaurants, bars, that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, so um,
2: restaurants, bars, in hospitality, you—I mean, there—you can include cafes, you can yep. include nightclubs mm-hmm. that go pumping till three yep. six a.m. in the morning. You include airlines, hostesses true, and hosts, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. hotels, um, and any kind of—you um, got catering services. So if you go to a wedding out in mm-hmm. um, Whoop Whoop. Um, like I've been to farm stay weddings. How do they get the catering out there? Who do they mm. call to do that? Yeah. And there's actually like, um, you know, laws around how um, to like in terms Deliver of like, food. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually you know in terms of like workers and stuff oh, and okay. how to yeah. remunerate them from a from an offbeat location. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so interesting. Like. Mm. Um, So yeah, all the uh, bread and breakfasts that uh, you randomly go to. So all these places and things, motels, you're traveling and you're just driving and driving to a motel to stay the night, hospitality. Mm. It's um, a huge, huge industry um, with many opportunities. I could, I mean, you, you could end up as a personal butler or VIP service person at a six-star hotel in the um, Emirates somewhere, you know, mm. which means that you just deal with all the VIPs mm. and make sure their room is to how they want. There are some people who when they, the VIPs, when they book your hotel or hotel room with you, they'll let you know what they need how many of them they need, <sighs> yes. uh, how, they, yes, yeah. how they want the room set up in a specific way.
0: Some of the and, comments that you see on bookings are just ridiculous.
2: And the, f- that the <laughs> fact that the fridge needs to face east. Hey, look, you know, like, for,
1: <laughs> people have
2: that power and money,
1: I think. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly.
2: Yeah, so, they have that power and money. Yeah. They, in fact, that they are spending $6 million a night. Oh, $6 mil a night? Some places, Jeez. some places. For Grand Prix Wellesies. weekend yeah. in Melbourne, the average hotel rate is a thousand dollars a night. Where was he? And when an average spend per room is around two hundred one eighty
1: per night. Damn. <laughs> and it's coming once Grand Prix is in April. Could be wrong. It's pretty end of March. End of March. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised S- I don't know that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Seth, for someone, how long you've been in this industry for? Uh,
2: Studied studied at uh, hospitality. Uni La Trobe. Graduated Mm -hmm. in twenty fifteen. Yes, I think that's what my graduation certificate says. Or maybe twenty fourteen, but my ceremony was in twenty fifteen. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Um, but since the first or second year of uni, which would be in 2011, mm. I would have been working in the hospitality. So oh. it's 2011, it's
1: 2023. 20,
3: it's
1: mm. Tw- 12 years. Wow. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a long time in one industry. But when someone is in that industry for that long, I've seen people branch out of those industries they have been for a very long time and they go to Br- banking to branching <laughs> off to their own personal thing does that does that thought ever cross your head of doing your own thing because
2: yes i, I have a creative outlet mm. i i can't do numbers or numbers
1: yeah you know,
3: like Mine s- doesn't register no numbers.
1: exactly it just, it will like you. I was trying to do the math on you. I so I hope someone says the answer because I don't know. Like, what's 2011 I minus know,
2: 2023? I was going to say, <laughs> work it out yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Dad.
1: Dad saved us.
2: <laughs> um, but I have that creative thinking side, and um, it would, what
0: have I thought about doing? Um, well, you, you, told me that you used to do a comedy um, you partnered with someone in high school and you did, did a comedy uh, oh, thing yeah so That's would right. you, would you would you do that would you do that again or exp- explain to us what that was in <sighs> high school yeah so in high school i was
2: had a really good mate we'd do with mc school events Mm. because we were I guess clowns or larrikins
3: Mm.
2: of it was a small school about 900 kids if Mm. you can see that small um the more we grew up we did like drama and media Mm. together Um, those were our two subjects that we excelled in um my mates Unfortunately he does suffer from depression and anxiety um, and comedy was his
1: sort of go-to or relief. A way of just converting because I've, yeah. I've realized comedians do do that and I think I must have done that when you sort of transform that pain and suffering into something comical like Essentially, yes. So along those lines, you guys did MC events. We were
2: comics. We came up with stand-up stuff, um, sketches. We did, um, we did, funny, music video things in media, mm. um, using Weird owl kind of mm. notions. Mm. Um, that was funny. We'd we'd do um when we was dress up day at school we'd be like I remember <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we would we um, I think the school was doing something like um beyond blue mm-hmm. yes. supporting we full-on face painted <laughs> ourselves blue <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and went around with a Boom box with i465's blue double d wow <laughs> yes like i mean yeah it's just we did got we went to some funny shit and we didn't get in trouble mm. we were very well supported um, and yeah we just we, we were experimenting i guess what um, could have been in terms of comedy and we we both had two very different um humors or different sides of comedy mm-hmm. yeah. um, and that's what kind of was really good in terms of we kind of met and collaborated together um i always thought like we could do something from this, but um, I'm going to do something practical as well as a backup, mm-hmm. which was uni. Um, and I just, unfortunately, my mate just got himself into trouble. Mm-hmm. We won't go into. Is um, not very public about that, but um, things kind of went sideways. And mm. so I thought that...
1: So you deviated from that point yeah, of you... do you think you could have actually gotten gotten in all your chips into that
2: if we went full out Mm. did I think it was possible I had a small inkling I didn't hold a hundred percent belief
0: but Mm. I'm like this could go somewhere we gave Mm. it everything we got does that creative side of you still exists as well would you be able to do that again with someone someone else Ooh. With
2: someone else?
1: Probably. Do you see yourself doing it in coming years? Let's say for some... Well, if not hospitality, then what? That was my essential question.
2: Yeah. Um, if not hospitality... Um, let's just say... Banking. So, <laughs> well, what do I do? Like... I was I, finding finding ways to um, you know use the creative energy you've got so um comedy is one. I was thinking like um, like also. Like because I'm so into gym and health and fitness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that was would be also another, avenue. another mm-hmm. avenue. Yes, um, and how you create, um, I guess, how do you motivate and encourage other people mm. to
0: achieve their goals, and then you start heading to the personal trainer territory. Mm. Well, I remember when I worked with you. You were very sort of. Um, fixated on what they were doing right and what they were doing wrong on their on the hotel social media accounts so <laughs> you yes do, do, do you think you could take that fitness thing and motivate people through social media yes so I'm currently testing those waters mm. Mm. I've got because um, you're very much sort of testing what you could probably do instead of what they were doing with their social media when you're working at the hotel. Did I tell you that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, many times. Yeah, so you would be very critical of their Instagram account and you'd be, no, they're doing what? that all wrong. That's a do, horrible picture. Remember, I want to do it this way. Do you remember the influencers? Oh yes, yes. Uh, we, we've oh, got them at of my they're hotel. In the they're following me around. I hate them. They were <laughs> there's, a, there's an a, influencer staying at our hotel so f- every week. I'm fucking <laughs> everything for free.
2: How do they sustain? How do they measure what the influencer is worth? I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry, influencers <laughs> who are listening to this, but on their followers, I
4: guess. <laughs>
2: On the on the
1: on their audience is that how you
2: measure their? Uh... But if you're coming into the hotel,
4: yeah,
2: how are you going to track that their audience is coming into the hotel, spending money in the hotel?
1: Uh, what, what's the backstory? Just so we just so we get. So the influencer
2: is used in sales and marketing as a tool to get people in. Because they think, that oh, it, I see. So, yeah. so, so oh, if see. the influencer
0: okay. posts on their Instagram account that stayed they at this stayed at the place, the hotel, yeah. then that would encourage other people oh, to okay. come to the hotel. And mm. there would, our marketing people would be bringing influencers every week. <laughs> Whether or not it worked to bring any sort of revenue into the hotel, nobody I knew. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know how they yeah. monitored that because I was one of the people looking at how much money we made every single night and it didn't look like it did anything. But, hmm. and still to this <laughs> but they would get everything for free yeah. because wow. they would be yeah. posting on their social media to bring people And in. then, like, they'd ask weird, ridiculous,
2: stupid shit. <laughs> Like can Shell's we get can we get a breakfast at nine pm at night? I'm like no. <laughs> Just because you're an influencer, you can't get a croissant and a bacon and yeah, egg muffin. Yeah, they thought they were love like everyone. No, else for sure. uh, we're not doing that. We're <laughs> serving dinner. Yeah, sorry. Influencers, wow. <laughs> um, huh? <laughs> and you've got what? Also, we're we're suffering in the industry is you've got this whole like older generation who own. Venues or who manage venues mm. who also have no idea how to use social media to mm. their advantage. Oh, yeah. And mm. that's what, you know, someone younger like myself, um, I mean, you've got companies, you've got whole companies media hiring companies. Mm. social media, digital mm. marketing kind of experts. Mm. And these experts spend the 38 hours a week on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook websites uploading, downloading Mm. creating content measuring traffic gathering data and stuff this is a full time job and they give it to a person in sales and marketing who has a different job role Mm. and they offload this entire kind of like Um,
1: information
2: another whole task for them to do and so you have this thing where someone in sales and marketing has all this burden on them to do all the social media plus the interaction between clients and personnel and whatever like marketing and sales people do Mm. and and then so they've got all this much pressure and workload on them that they end up outsourcing to a different marketing company (laughs) that costs the (laughs) hotel hundred thousands of dollars a year to do Mm. and then that agency is run by very traditional people who think this is the way social media should be run and it's just a like a whole circle Um, whereas algorithms mm. change and you need to be up to date with how people are reading and responding to algorithms on social media and businesses are not doing that
1: properly. Mm. So you think that in future if there's a venue open to it this could be something that you can potentially do no uh, absolutely mm. Fair I, like yeah
2: so I mean I don't I have a general business degree I don't have a digital marketing degree but I feel like I've got enough life experience hundred <laughs> yeah, percent yeah I don't need to do a digital marketing degree mm. or something like that
1: <laughs> okay Let's <sighs> um, take a short break because I need
0: no, we're back from there. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Seth, um, it's, I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up, so I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and see how you go with these. Okay? Yes. So what are your favorite LGBTQ movies, books, and TV shows? What's, uh, what's your favorite movie with the, that, that you think that you watch that's very close to you? TV show? A movie, TV or movie. show, or books, whatever. Um...
2: Does it have to be LGBTIQ? No, no. Um, I'd say um, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Oh, I love Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. The best. I get so much like philosophical, philosophical kind of like different. What was I saying to you? Like Uh, edge of the universe kind of um, physics and stuff. Like, there's so much truth in that. Shitty cartoon, yeah. like it's, and the vulgar language jokes. It's just a yeah. great outlet. Okay. Um, in terms of um, trying to think of that really good movie I saw about um, boy erased. Boy erased. 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 Thank you.
0: Oh, I've seen. I've seen that one. Um, Nicole Kidman and um, Russell Crowe. It is. A good the, gay, no, the, gay, gay, the gay conversion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Movie. Yeah. yeah.
2: Good. Um, okay. I went to see that in cinemas, and I. Bored, oh, you saw that in
0: cinemas. <laughs> I
2: bored my eyes. I bored, and, yeah. bored, and oh, bored. That's bored.
0: quite the yeah. movie to see in cinemas. It's so emotionally. It's like an emotional rollercoaster. Yeah. yeah. Oh
1: my god. You. Okay. We're yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. This is my favorite question to ask everyone. Like every time I meet mean someone, I want to know this about them. What's your favourite childhood memory or experience? Childhood Mm. memory?
2: Um, I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved backyard cricket. Oh. Uh,
3: That's
2: really,
0: that's... I was about to say, oh, that's an Australian pastime. But well, So cousins, in India.
2: visiting cousins and like yes. Christmas, yes. you get the wheelie bins out on the street, yeah. you get your plastic cricket yeah. bat and tennis ball or something mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. just playing like cricket Crazy. Mm. in the middle of the street. Yes. Right? Uh, With all your friends and family.
1: We did the same thing. In, in India, we call streets gully. So we call it gully cricket. Gully cricket. Gully cricket. Lo-
2: yeah. <laughs> That's a great. Yeah, I love that. We yeah. call it backyard cricket.
1: Yeah, gully and cricket. Like, we're on the streets. You, you kind of make up your own. It's
2: kind of like T twenty. Like yeah. hit the ball yeah, as 20, much as you yeah. can. You know, like you, can. like you don't it's have fun. proper stumps. Mm. It's great. You, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's like I love doing that with my cousins. It's such mm. fond memories of that. Yeah, abortion. I used, yeah. used to do that
0: all the time, especially this. over Christmas. <sighs> that used to be a, like a pastime. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's a very Australia. That's a very Australian. So uh, yeah, uh, very. But the fact that you did it in India, mm-hmm. that's.
1: Oh yeah, bro. bro we're the like,
0: biggest
2: on cricket. Yeah, we're crazy uh, it's with so, cricket. Yeah, it's so funny how sport bring people together, together from different yes. nationalities and cultures.
1: I think there was this. Someone said that he doesn't talk about religion and sports because. Either it can bring people together or it can, it can separate them. So I think it holds the power to do both. It brings people together or you can separate them. Yes. Oh. Okay. I'll something. Let's go. Let's dive into something deep and let's see. Because we did touch on this in the first part. What advice do you have for someone who's struggling with with their sexu- sexuality? Um. Who is struggling at the moment with their sexuality? Something that you would, uh, you would, uh, an advice you would go back in time and give to young Seth because that's sort of similar. What I just asked. Yeah. Um,
2: it would be um, to not hold other people's expectations of you don't live up to other people's expectations because at the end of the day, you don't live up to their kind of judgment. Or you, you, I mean, we we perceive it as we kind of criticize and judge others, but you can only judge yourself for what you do, the way you behave or what you wear. And though, that is easier said than done. I understand that young people will have to live with their parents because they can't afford to live outside of home. Mm. So, in terms of that, and if you've got really strong uh, religious or otherwise culturally um, beliefs, and yeah, just those parents who don't very homophobic or very traditional, then I mean, hold, hold on until you can escape that, I guess, reality that you need. So they don't have to accept you. You accept yourself. Mm. And they can catch up when they realize that they've uh, missed out on you once they've made that perception and judgment. So what I did, I I mean, I held up as long as I could because I always thought I was going to get kicked out of home. But that wasn't the case. Hmm. I was still living at home and I was gay. Um I've heard stories of people getting kicked out of home. I've heard stories of people taking their own lives. Um, And it's a very sensitive and big issue because I'm very, like the whole religious gay homosexual thing is, there's a lot of suicide in that context. There's a lot of harmful things. Um, And that's where my heart bleeds for that. Like I uh, treaded on the lines of self-harm and um, for a while, like I I survived. I got out of that thinking. That was really at a point in my life where I was low um, in terms of how I thought others viewed me, my church viewed me, my family viewed me, and that I couldn't escape that. But my answer for those who are listening or who are struggling is that there is always um, an escape and you don't need to fall low into a trap. And all you need to do is trust someone to listen to you. And that could be the best thing
1: to have someone to talk to. Mm. to talk to. Mm. That's ways. There's that a funny one. Uh, <laughs> yeah let's bring us up from that yeah i love i love when i whenever i've asked Seth questions he does get very deep and you're pulling stuff out from your personal experience i like that that's
0: why i brought him on
1: yeah that's a very good quality because i've realized you talk to people they're so on their surface that they're they fear to visit those dark places in their head and I have an idea I push myself and I go into those dark places and I want to visit that that this is what troubled me or troubles me and I like that you do that too but whatever affected you when you were a kid or whatever affects you that's a good thing at least you're not afraid to visit those dark places we shouldn't fear anything but fear itself Mm. true who said that? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Seth I, Seth. Didn't, I, didn't, I did not say that.
1: <laughs> um, I so you believe... quote,
0: direct from Seth. Seth just made that quote up there. No, I got it from Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seth, if you were a drag queen, would you, would you reckon you will ever get into that? Or if you did, what would be your drag name?
2: Uh, I don't know why I have this question. No, but it's a very good question because <laughs> I was in Queensland. Yeah. At Turtle Cove Resort, which is a gay, the only, oh, maybe not only, there's one of two gay resorts in Australia, but that's the best one. Gay resorts? It's an LGBT, a thing? Yeah, it's a gay, Land. like, it's the only nude beach in Queensland. Ooh, Ooh, it's got a licensed nude beach as well as, like, it's run and owned by gays that have really good drag events and all that on this resort.
3: Mm.
2: Um, it's really cool. Um, and they've got a drag costume room. And I got dressed in a dress and stuff. And everyone was saying I make a really good drag queen one day. I was really drunk and I got dressed up. I had a beautiful blonde wig. I had a really tight dress that accentuated my features. I had to put some stuffing in a breast pocket. It was really funny. Um, my drag name, was it? I, I forgot what they dubbed me, but I mean... My name is Seth it could be Sethalina. <laughs>
1: Sethalina.
2: Sethalina. Mm. um something more creative um would be ah oh, like it'd have to be something like really creative like um um she's a hoe or something like that you know i uh, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> there there's some really good ones out there like there's a drag queen called Ketamine, I think. Ketamine.
3: Ketamine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, um, if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, you get inspiration from that. Yeah. Um, I have uh, Anyway, but I don't think I'd ever do that as a profession. Yeah. You just do it for fun. Just do it for
1: fun. Hmm. Okay. I think it's a good, uh, good time to wrap this bad boy up. I'm actually trying to think... So we have this tradition uh, seth that we ask guest questions that the previous guest left them and we also are going to ask you a question ask you to leave us a question for the next guest jen do you remember sammy tara's uh, question i think it was
0: we told him who we we're going to have on and mm-hmm. he said he asked why bar manager
1: yeah why bar manager
0: <laughs> you sort of covered. You've sort of yeah. covered it a little bit. I think that's why we're falling into this trap yeah. where we shouldn't ask what guests semi- specific questions for the next guest. We should just ask a generic. Semi asked me. Yeah. Why? Why? why bar manager? Yeah. Why
2: I'm a bar manager? Yeah. 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 Because <laughs>
0: alcohol. We'll
2: take it. We'll
0: take
1: (laughs) that.
2: that.
0: (laughs) And what question would you leave for the next guest?
1: So tell us who our next guest is. Our next
0: guest is going to be Sam Peterson. He's a former former comedian. He um, has two of his own podcasts. He's a frequent or used to be a frequent collaborator with OG Australian comedians. He made a documentary (coughs) um, about Fiona O'Loughlin and he's just – Filmmaker, producer in general.
2: I thought you were going to say frequent flyer. Uh, like uh, <laughs> name his number, and the point status.
0: <laughs> he also <laughs> had a heart attack at a very young age as
1: well. Oh, we're going to talk to uh, talk to him about yeah. that. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: could be anything. Could be anything. Take your time. That's okay.
0: What did Sandy ask? What was Sandy's question to Shu? Sure, I can't even um, remember.
1: He, I think he asked, what are you doing? In, in, what are you in doing in life? Like yeah, like that's and, right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I love
1: that. He asked something sandy.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are you doing in life?
2: Yeah. All right, so I've got to beat that. Um, um How old were you when you knew? Okay.
1: When, when you knew what, when you knew what you wanted to do. Oh, okay. How old were you when you knew what you wanted to do? Okay. Yeah, tell tell people where where they can find you. <laughs> <laughs> On Instagram.
2: <coughs> um, is it, um, gayfitnessset? Yes, gayfitness set.
1: So gayfitness.set dot set is where people can find Seth. Um, and uh,
2: Aiden is my middle name, right? Can Aiden's your question? middle, name. Yeah, middle oh, name. Okay.
1: Seth so, Aiden well, McDonald. Seth Aiden McDonald. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you giving us our time and we had so much fun. Uh we did delve deep into psychology of you and uh we learned a lot from you as well. Um, I don't remember most of it what we did, but we're gonna we're gonna see the <laughs> podcast again. <laughs> it was really deep. It was right. Really, Look, was I really was, deep. I, your questions
2: were deep, man. <laughs> Thank like you. Yeah. I was like, how does he want me to answer this? I will do my best. Yeah, I like I to. Was, yeah, <laughs> fight like fire with fire. <laughs> yes,
1: but we'll but, bring uh, you on again. Especially. We're gonna bring you we're on again. We're gonna have some
0: recurring. Uh, uh, actors, yeah, we're gonna have some recurring
1: guests. Recurring guests, and uh, we're gonna have you on again, Dan. You've been amazing co-host too. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Daniel. You're welcome. You're and uh, let's wrap this bad boy up, boys. I'm a bad boy. Good job. <laughs> Good job. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace.